0: This week on The Vision. What's happened in America in the last 10 years? It's almost as if God has removed his hand of protection. Pornography has always been with us, but instead of being relegated to the seedy parts of town, now it's mainstream. Sex education that was meant to steer adolescents away from sex before marriage now contains lessons on how to have safe sex. And not long ago, homosexuality was seen as a great evil. Now we're told to accept and celebrate men who claim to be women and women who say they are really men the moral landslide has arrived. This is The Vision, written by the late David Wilkerson in 1974. When it was first published, the prophecies Wilkerson wrote about were unthinkable. Sadly, in the 21st century, these foresights now read like old news headlines. The Vision is brought to you by World Challenge, a ministry dedicated to empowering, equipping, and encouraging Christians in their daily faith. We're committed to evangelism and helping the least of these everywhere in the world. But before we get to chapter 3, I have a question for you. Do you ever feel as if God has abandoned you? Illness strikes, finances crumble, or a marriage falls apart, and God can seem incredibly distant. Many Christians end up believing some sin separates them from God's favor. In response, pastor and president of World Challenge, Gary Wilkerson, paints a brighter and more biblical picture of God's favor in his new book, appropriately titled, God's Favor. In it, Gary writes that our loving Father showers abundant resources on us, even if we aren't aware of them. But His provision doesn't and shouldn't stop with us. God wants our lives to show His unearned grace to a hurting, unbelieving world. God's Favor will be released next month, but you can pre-order a copy today on our website, worldchallenge.org. Now, Chapter 3 of The Vision, A Flood
1: of Filth, read by Jason Staples. A moral landslide is coming. Woe to all the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you with great wrath to deceive, if it were possible, even the elect and chosen of God. And how will Satan attempt to vex and deceive even God's chosen people? I believe he will attempt to reach his goal of seducing mankind by creating a moral landslide. He will open the floodgates of hell and seek to baptize the world in erotic filth, smut, and sensuality. This moral landslide will surpass anything the human mind can conjure. Already, a demonic spirit of lust is sweeping over many nations, bringing with it nudity, perversion, and a flood of filth. A Dirt Bath This world faces a dirt bath so intense that it will vex the minds and souls of some of the most devout Christians alive today. The Bible says Lot vexed his soul night and day by the things he saw and heard in Sodom. Christians are soon going to be exposed to such violent filth and sensuality that it will take a firm grip on God to survive. Those on the fence are going to fall flat on their faces. Those who do not enter into the ark of God's safety are going to be swept away by this flood of filth. Toplessness on Television Major TV networks will get caught up in this moral landslide. I predict that network programs will soon attempt bare-breasted scenes. Toplessness will be the new fad of those trying to liberalize the media. When the first response of alarm at this topless attempt dies down, full nudity will follow. It will be done tastefully at first. But when the artistic community joins in a chorus of praise for this breakthrough in media freedom, the floodgates will be open and then anything will go. Even certain clergymen will applaud nudity on TV and will try to explain it as a healthy development, but little will actually be done to stop it. Surprisingly, those who speak out against it effectively will not be ministers and those known as devout Christians. Rather, they will be certain Hollywood celebrities and TV personalities. Triple X-rated movies on TV after midnight. Be warned. In the not-too-distant future, the most wicked, X-rated porno movies will be shown on select cable networks after midnight. Cable television is already the favorite target of pushers of porno films. In a few major cities in the United States, Canada, and Europe, Triple X-rated pornographic movies are already being shown. These movies are direct from porno producers in Sweden, Denmark, and the United States. These vile films feature total nudity, sexual intercourse, homosexuality, animal perversion, and sadism. People will pay to have these erotic movies piped directly into their living rooms. If left unguarded, little children can switch on a knob and be exposed to the vilest kind of sexual perversion. These porno movies will become so perverted and vile that even the most liberal atheist will blush and begin to complain. Along with exploitation of every sex theme, there will be emphasis on blood, violence, and occult practices. Demons, devils, and witchcraft will be glorified. The newest kind of sex deviation will be intercourse between demons and humans. These dramatic presentations will depict the devil as the father of sexuality. Also featured will be movies glamorizing rape, suicide, and mass sex violence, ending in death as the ultimate trip. The new big thing in porno movies will be so-called documentaries of mass homosexual and thrill murders. They will be advertised as legitimate reenactments, but will in actuality be nothing but unadulterated smut. Sex and murder, sex and death, sex and blood, sex and torture, sex and violence. These are the themes of nearly all forthcoming porno films. We are not far away from the time when R-rated movies will be showing in prime time on network television. Porno movies on cable television will become so popular and so much in demand that the major networks will try to compete by showing films with as much sex and violence as they can show within legal limits pleasure palaces a growing number of motels will advertise themselves as pleasure palaces for just a few extra dollars guests can have the latest triple x-rated movies piped directly by video into their rooms it will no longer be necessary for decent people to go into a slum like dirty theater to see the latest filthy porno movies instead they will go to a beautiful motel and have a private showing all to themselves This will become very popular among high school and college students who will get groups together for porno parties in motel rooms. Also available will be the same XXX-rated videotapes for private home use. These videotapes can be played on any TV set with an electronic attachment. Porno parties will become a popular pastime of suburbanites. Sex on the Newsstand Thousands of newsstands across the nation will soon be selling explicit sex magazines that will make Playboy seem almost puritanical. These magazines will be purchased even by preteens and will display full-color nudity and every kind of sex act. There will be a flood of magazines designed especially to attract the female market, featuring male nudes. Even the most respected national magazines will become more erotic in their advertising and in their copy. Much of the forthcoming pornography will feature a mixture of sexual perversion and occult practices in an effort to attract people who've seen it all. Some of these porno magazines on the local newsstands will even glorify rape, child molestation, and murder. Nearly every major city in the United States and Europe already has newsstands and porno shops featuring these very kinds of books. But soon, it will be so widespread that the same material can be purchased at the local discount store and pharmacy. Seducers, pornographers, and evil-minded men are going to show disdain for laws and local authorities. They will brazenly push their smut, filth, and pornography. They will open numerous massage parlors, peep shows, and model studios. If forced to close down temporarily, they will return again and again with smut even worse than before. Sex Education to Get In on the Act Sex education classes in senior high school and college will feature the sex act on film. The diagrams now being used will be animated. I predict that the time is not far off when senior high school and college students will be exposed to sex education films featuring sexual foreplay and intercourse. They will be advertised as being very tastefully done by professionals. Students will be told that homosexual love is normal and that sex acts between unmarrieds is desirable if each has a high regard for the other. Watch for cartoon sex to become the next innovation in school sex education. Very tame and innocent at first, these cartoon-type educational films will become steadily more explicit and erotic. A Temporary Setback for Smut Just prior to this moral landslide will come a short-lived movement by conservatives against smut and pornography. It will almost appear to be a national movement, gaining momentum as the courts, civic groups, churches, and government leaders join in an effort to stop this moral landslide. The courts will enact a few laws that seem favorable to anti-smut forces. There will be a lot of talk about cleaning up television and newsstands. Articles will appear quite frequently in newspapers and magazines about valiant efforts to fight off the invasion of smut and pornography. There will be a few temporary victories in isolated places, but these victories will be short-lived. A few radio ministers will openly campaign against smut, but enthusiasm and support will soon wane. Professional smut dealers and pornographers are not going to lie down and give up. They are going to test every law of the land, and they are going to find loopholes and ways and means to push their products. The cleanup campaign in the United States and overseas will not be successful. It will be a short-lived crusade, and a flood of filth will follow. It is said that the pendulum swings from one extreme to the other. Many have been saying, optimistically, that we have had all the nudity, filth, and smut the nation can stand, and that the pendulum is about to swing the other way. Everything within me wishes that this could be so. But I fully believe that the flood of filth I have seen coming is the same kind of flood spoken of by the prophet Nahum. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will discover thy skirts upon thy face, and I will show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame, and I will cast abominable filth upon thee and make thee vile and will set thee as a gazing stock." 3, 5 through 6. The sin of Sodom is coming. The sin of Sodom will again be repeated in our generation. Of all the sins Sodom was guilty of, the most grievous of all were the homosexual attacks by angry Sodomite mobs attempting to molest innocent people. Mass murders have become commonplace in our generation. We witnessed the television news coverage of the Olympic Massacre, Mass murder sprees have become so frequent that they are now almost taken for granted. The world is no longer shocked by these tragedies as in the past. The Bible says, As it was in the days of Lot, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I have seen things in my vision that make me fear for the future of our children. I speak of wild, roving mobs of homosexual men publicly assaulting innocent people in parks, on the streets, and in secret places. These attacks by sodomite mobs are certain to come, and although they may not be publicized as such, those in law enforcement circles will know the full extent of what is happening. A homosexual epidemic. There are only two forces that hold back homosexuals from giving themselves over completely to their sin, and they are rejection by society and the repudiation and teachings of the church. When society no longer rejects their sin as abnormal and fully accepts them and encourages them in their abnormality, and when the church no longer preaches against it as sin and consoles them in their sexual activities, there no longer exist any hindering forces. The floodgates are open and homosexuals are encouraged to continue in their sin. In my vision, I have seen these two roadblocks being swept away. When that which is hindered is taken away, chaos will follow. Believe me when I tell you the time is not far off that you will pick up your local newspaper and read sordid accounts of innocent children being attacked by wild homosexual mobs in parks and on city streets. The mass rapes will come just as surely as predicted in the Gospels. I see them coming in our generation. 27 boys were murdered in Houston, Texas by a small homosexual gang. This sordid news story is the beginning of many other such tragic outbreaks. You can expect more than one homosexual scandal in very high places. The homosexual community will become so militant and brazen that they will flaunt their sin on network talk shows very shortly. Very clearly, I see homosexuals coming out in mass numbers and deviant sex crimes becoming more numerous and vicious of falling away. Moral standards among many church people will be shattered. Husband and wife swapping will be on the increase, and great numbers of young people will simply live together without getting married. A constant barrage of sex and nudity by all the media will vex the minds and souls of the most devout children of Christ. It will cause the love of many to grow cold. It will lead to carelessness and faithlessness. It will be the major cause of a great falling away. Those who stand against this flood of filth will be few, and they will be looked upon as out of step with an enlightened society and a more relevant church. Easy abortion, the pill, and a growing sexual permissiveness will contribute to a revolution of immorality that will finally end in a baptism of filth so widespread that the human mind will be unable to take it all in. Lovers of sensuous pleasures will far outnumber the lovers of God. Be aware and be warned. This is a full-scale war against God's chosen. Sexual Immorality in the Ministry Divorce and immorality will be more and more commonplace among ministers. A growing number of priests will be involved in sexual affairs and will leave the priesthood. Others will continue in the priesthood, but will carry on secret affairs. An ever-increasing number of Protestant ministers are going to fall into sexual sin. Much of it carried on secretly. I believe that even certain evangelical denominations will soon grant credentials to divorced ministers. Divorce among ministers will no longer carry a stigma. Church denominations will continue to review their opposition to divorce and will become more lenient with every new convention and conference. There is coming a softening toward divorce in churches and in the ministry. This is a trend that will not be stopped, even though the changes in attitude develop slowly. I have had a curtain pulled back and, as it were, a vision of what is happening secretly to thousands of ministers and very devout people. Beneath all the piety and behind all the false fronts are secret affairs being carried on, hidden from the eyes of men. Among them are some of the most devout and well-known. Some very religious men and women are cheating and indulging in secret sex sins. They deplore their sin and they know it can never be accepted as right, but they seem powerless to withstand the force of this personal moral landslide. Unless they are extricated miraculously, it will lead to shipwreck and disaster for many homes and churches." I see coming a day when every true minister and priest of the gospel will face his greatest hour of temptation. Those who thought they were beyond temptation will be tempted the most severely. God will keep and deliver those who turn to him with all their hearts. Those who continue to flirt and indulge face a terrible hour of despair and failure. God will soon deal with secret sin with such fury that His judgments will begin to fall on the right and on the left in the lives of those who persist in their sins. Those who forsake secret sex sins will be renewed and healed. What I have heard and seen is an urgent message from God's throne room there is sin in the camp and it must be purged. The hour has come when God will lay the axe at the root. He will cleanse his house, and he will sanctify his vessels for service in this midnight hour. A last-ditch attempt to deceive God's chosen. I have seen the Jesus people of this generation as the last Christian. Satan is going to come as an angel of light, so subtle, innocent, and indefinable that few will recognize what is happening to them. He is going to camouflage his activities and attempt to deceive Christians with temptations that are legitimate within themselves, but that when misused, become damning. The number one temptation for the last Christian will be prosperity. The Bible warns that in the last days, many Christians will be half-hearted, rich, prosperous, and in need of nothing. There is nothing evil or sinful in being prosperous and successful. Most of the patriarchs in the Bible were wealthy men. Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. Job was immensely wealthy, owning 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and had many servants and a great house. God certainly is not against wealth and prosperity because the Bible says he hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, Psalms 35, 27. However, I see millions of Christians being deceived by prosperity. The last Christian, is going to be afflicted by prosperity and tested by it more than through poverty. In my vision, I see Satan appearing before God one last time as he did to accuse Job in the Bible, but this time he comes to ask permission to tempt the last Christian. Here is what I see. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered, From going to and fro in the earth and observing the last Christian. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered these last-day Christians, how dedicated, how upright, how God-fearing and Christ-loving they are? How they try to run from your evil plots? Then Satan answered the Lord, Yes, but just take away the hedge you've built around them. Job wouldn't forsake you in his poverty, but just increase and bless all the last Christians far beyond anything Job ever had, and then see what happens. Make all these last Christians affluent like Job. Build them fancy new homes. Give them fine automobiles, all the money and gadgets they need. Swamp them with campers, boats, world travel, fine clothes, exotic foods, land holdings, and savings accounts. See what happens to your last Christians when they become full, rich, increased with goods, and are in need of nothing. They will forsake God and become self-centered. I see automobiles, clothes, motorcycles, and all kinds of materialism becoming a bigger hindrance to the Christian than drugs, sex, or alcohol. I see thousands of Christians attached to and obsessed by things. They are so wrapped up in materialism that they become lukewarm, blind, weak, and spiritually naked. Yet in the midst of all their materialism, they are miserable and totally dissatisfied. In my vision, I see Satan standing back and laughing with glee. Look at all the money-mad Christians, all the clothes hogs, bitten by the security bug, making heaps of money, buying all new furniture, getting bigger cars, buying two or three of them, buying, planting, selling, marrying, and divorcing. It ruined Lot's generation, and it will get you too. Look at all the well-paid, easy-living, big-eating Christians getting lazy, lukewarm, and becoming easy prey. God, pour it on them. It's getting to a lot of them, and it's making my job easier. The God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills wants nothing that man owns, not his house, car, clothes, speedboat, or surfboard. He wants only first place in the hearts of those who call themselves by his name. Holy Ghost Swingers I see many of the last Christians who were once lovers of God becoming shipwrecked by their obsessive love for pleasure. Lovers of God find no pleasure in drugs, illegitimate sex, alcohol, tobacco, or smut. The devil knows that. Most of these fleshly pleasures offend and repulse the Christian. I see thousands of Christians sitting in theaters exposing themselves to degrading influences they once abhorred. They've not given themselves over to any particular sin, but they've become very comfortable in their addiction to off-color movies, numerous parties, socials, and wine tastings. They really love God, but they love their pleasures even more. They are not really sinners before God, just strangers to Him. They have become so busy swinging and trying to live a liberated Christian life that they have changed drastically without knowing what they have become. The sudden evacuation of Christians from the earth will catch many of them unawares. They have become socialized gadabouts who can't find one hour anymore to talk to God in a secret closet of prayer. I see the sin of the future as the misuse of leisure time. This has nothing to do with weeks spent on vacation. It's not the time spent touring Europe or the Holy Land. It's not a hunting or fishing trip. It's not hours spent surfing, boating, water skiing, or horseback riding. These things are all legitimate and good in themselves. I'm talking about all the wasted time. The time that a man has for himself to choose what he will do. Time that could be spent in reading God's word. Time that could be spent in the secret closet talking to the Heavenly Father. I see Satan coming again to accuse the last Christian. Look at the last day Christian, the television addict. Look at him, hours and hours for soap operas, comedies, sports but no time to get alone with God. He turns God off with a dial. He hunts, fishes, travels, plays golf, tennis, and basketball. He goes to movies and parties, and he's become a gadabout, but he has no time to read his Bible or pray. Is this the last day Christian who is supposed to walk by faith? Is this the one whose faith will overcome the world? Is this the one who is to prepare for a coming day of persecution and world chaos? Are these the playboy Christians upon whom the ends of the world will fall? The greatest sin of the future against God is not abusing the body, indulging the flesh, or even cursing his name. The greatest sin against God now is simply to ignore him in a day and age in which he is calling so clearly. I see an ironic development. The last Christian, who lives so much closer to the return of Christ than the early Christians, spends the least time of all in his presence. The message of coming judgment and the return of Jesus Christ will not register with so many Christians for the same reason that the message and the pending doom did not get through to Noah's generation, because they were so in love with the pleasures of buying, selling, planting, and lovemaking. A Gossip War I know now that Satan has declared war on every true minister of Jesus Christ. He will leave no stone unturned in an attempt to discredit and shipwreck every man of God who is determined to stay true. Those ministers and priests who refuse to cheat on their wives, who refuse to indulge in the freedom of the new morality, are going to be the target of the most vicious gossip of all times. Satan is going to raise up gossip mongers to harass, malign, and lie against them. I believe that Billy Graham and other great gospel ministers throughout the world are going to face more and more ridicule, gossip, and misunderstanding by the press and by liberal people in the media. Every motive will be questioned and suspected. Every statement will be examined and cross-examined. Ministers who thought they had no enemies in the world will wake up to discover that someone is talking about them. Pastors of churches are going to face the most malicious gossip of all. Innuendos, lies, and false statements that will be floating around will come from the very pits of hell. It will be a supernatural demonstration of demonic powers. Not a single true minister of the gospel will be immune. The wives of ministers who are married will also come under attack. Legions of lying spirits have been turned loose upon the world with the single purpose of accusing Christians through gossip and slander. This gossip war will not only be aimed against ministers of the gospel, but against all true believers of Jesus Christ, of all colors and creeds. An increase of false doctrines. Men will prefer false doctrines and new ideas rather than the truth of God's holy word. They will crowd around teachers who will give new thoughts and revelations. Men and women will turn to the prophecies and teachings of men rather than giving heed to the doctrines of truth. They will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We face an hour of gospel extremes wherein seeking men who have itching ears, will follow after ministers who appear as angels of light, but who are in reality preaching and teaching heresy. The new doctrines will use the name of Jesus freely and will be ornamented with trappings of asceticism, self-denial, and willpower. A fear of demon possession will grip many sincere Christians. They will turn to teachers who speak more often of the power of Satan than they do of the power of God. I have seen, however, that this movement toward a fear of Satan within the church will be short-lived. Those who continue in an emphasis of satanic possession of Christians will return to the old law and a life of works. Also, growing numbers of sincere Christians will sell everything and join Christian-type communes that feature monastery-type living and a set of laws by which to approach God. A Phony Jesus Movement There will arise a movement of false Jesus people who will emphasize the casting out of devils. They will claim to heal the sick and do apparent wonders. They will be involved in feeding the poor and preaching great love. But among them are false prophets who have never surrendered all to Christ. They are those who preach love in his name, but who continue in their old sins and rebellion. They are workers of iniquity who are tools of Satan to discredit the true Jesus movement. The Bible predicts that many of these false Jesus people will stand before God's throne saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Matthew 7.22. But the Lord will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Matthew 7.23. I believe this refers to those false Jesus people who went about preaching in his name, operating crash pads for runaway kids, feeding the poor and clothing the naked, all in the name of Christ's love, but without living the crucified, surrendered, and resurrected life of Jesus. They whitewashed their sins and added Jesus on top of it all. They were joy-popping and tripping on Jesus, but had never been to Calvary to have their sins washed away. When the hour of persecution comes, they will return to their sex and drugs and old way of life. Only those fully surrendered to Jesus Christ and cleansed by his blood will survive. Rebirth of the True Jesus Movement. Suffering persecution and aware of the signs of the times, an army of true Jesus followers will continue to arise like commandos. They will be a part of an underground church that will be found preaching the return of Christ in the end of the age. They will be like a thorn in the side of the harlot church, and they will sting and sear the consciences of men by their devotion and spiritual power. Devil worshippers will be in open conflict with all these true Jesus followers. Only those living by true faith will be able to discern the spiritual wickedness in high places.
0: You've been listening to Chapter 3 of The Vision, read by Jason Staples. The Vision is brought to you by World Challenge, a ministry dedicated to empowering, equipping, and encouraging Christians in their daily faith. We're committed to evangelism and helping the least of these everywhere in the world. The president of World Challenge is David Wilkerson's son, Gary. Gary has a new book hitting the bookstands next month called God's Favor. God's Favor paints a bigger, brighter, and more biblical picture of what God's Favor is. God showers His abundant resources on us in the way of forgiveness, restoration, peace, joy, power, and authority, so we can then abundantly bless others and show the beauty of His unearned grace to a hurting, unbelieving world. God's Favor will be released next month, but you can pre-order a copy today at worldchallenge.org. Next week on The Vision, what was once referred to as the generation gap has turned into outright hatred of parents. David Wilkerson said his vision identified it as the number one youth problem of the future. That's next week on The Vision.